Joshua is charging the Israelites to understand, don't go back to your old habits. Don't go back to your old habits and to be sincere and true with your new habits. It is a good thing to be uncomfortable when serving God. Let's all stand and turn to Joshua chapter number 24. Verse 14 and 15. Joshua chapter number 24, verse 14 and 15. And let's all read it together. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may be seated. Now, perhaps there are many sayings or statements in this world, and we've heard them, we've seen them, and indeed, some of those statements, they can really move us, and they can really inspire us. And I have a few here for for an example. There's one here by Franklin D. Roosevelt where he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That's a pretty good quote. Then there's Albert Einstein. He said, only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile. Very inspiring. Then you have the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Jobs himself. He said, if you really look closely, most overnight successes took a long time. And then you have uh, the great one called uh, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Very, very inspiring. And then you have, of course, Henry Ford. Don't find fault, find a remedy. Anyone can complain. Very good. They're very good. But oftentimes... uh, you know, when we go from day to day, especially when you go around a store that uh, sells decor, they'll have some kind of inspiring quote up, and you have no idea where that quote really came from, and you have no idea what it's even talking about, but it looks nice. So sometimes we buy them. But very few famous sayings could ever carry as much weight as the statement that we find in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Joshua 24.15 is perhaps the most used verse for many Christian homes. It's like, it's almost as if it was a part of your Christian DIY decor for your home. You know, you just got to have it. You got to have it in there. But we must understand what Joshua is really saying here. And I suggest to you that he's saying that there are really only two steps home. Two steps home. So tonight, we'll examine 
the context of his most famous saying. But before we begin, let's pause and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the man, Joshua, who really gave the choice to the Israelites. And Lord, through the scriptures, though many thousands of years ago, he presented this statement. It's speaking even to us today. And Lord, even though it's an inspiring quote, help us to understand the weight of this quote and help us to understand what it means to serve in sincerity and in truth. And Lord, to live our life for you, what does it mean? I pray, Father, that every one of us would have our hearts sincerely open for your word to come in. I pray that we'd be attentive and be able to, to understand this whole message. I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, and I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. It's easy to go about in our day-to-day life with famous sayings, but take a look at this first part of this verse in number 14, how it starts off. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, comma. The way Joshua decided to start off his charge for Israel is he took the beginning of his charge and he started saying, because of. In other words, look at now, therefore. Now, therefore. He's starting his charge off by saying, Look at what has happened just before us. What has happened? We have come through five whole books now, right? Genesis all the way through to Deuteronomy, and now Joshua. As you know, at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses, his charge is passed on to Joshua. All those Israelites had seen everything God has done through Moses. They had seen how powerful of a God Jehovah God is. Up to this point, Joshua's trying to point out, folks, look at what God has done. Now, therefore, take into account what God has done for us thus far, and let's consider this. So as Joshua is pointing out this charge to the Israelites, he's talking to this whole nation here, right? And he's talking to them. God had done so much for us. It's not by our own power or might that we've made it this far. We've only come this far because God was with us this whole time. In fact, I think it would be even foolish for an Israelite at that point to think that, oh, it's it's my strength. It's my money. We got this far because of the jewelry we took from Egypt. I don't think an Israelite would have thought so. Because they saw the ten plagues that took place, miraculous. They saw the whole Red Sea part. It was miraculous. They watched a fiery, pil- fiery pillar by night and, a clouds- and the cloud pillar by day. Those were all things incredibly supernatural. No human would ever have thought at that point, yeah, this was done by the strength of man. So Joshua, now you understand, now therefore, he's trying to say to them, look at what has happened. Look at the God that has brought us through all of this. Now consider it. So they watched as God brought ten plagues over Egypt. 
they watched as the most powerful man, who was known as the Pharaoh, was kneeling down and begging God for mercy as his firstborn son was dying. They watched as all the Israelites' Egyptian neighbors gave them jewelry because they were afraid of them. And surely by then, the Israelites knew that there is nothing they could have really done. This was all by God's hand. I want us first to consider the first step. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Psalms 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 23 verse 17 says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. So the fear of the Lord is perhaps one of the most precious things in God's sight in a Christian. The fear of the Lord. What is this fear? What is this fear of the Lord? This fear is known as a reverential fear. It's a fear that understands that God loves those who have reverence towards him. But also, he has the power to punish and to chastise and even to judge. Consider creation. Consider the beauty of creation. And God brought all of creation through his words. Consider the destructive power of creation as well. I was reading on Wikipedia the other day that there were three earthquakes that took place in Afghanistan. A thousand people had passed away. The destructive power of nature. Consider that the whole universe is also being upheld by God. He is the one who wrote the rules of how nature will work. That's how powerful God is. He is an almighty God. He is an all-powerful God. And if we were to try to apply this to ourselves today, how, is, how are we to understand the fear of the Lord then? Well, I'd like to propose, perhaps we should think of the fear of the Lord as a filter or a sieve. If we run our life through the fear of the Lord, every decision we make, every that, everything that comes and goes from our life is filtered through the fear of the Lord. Here's what I'm trying to say. When we understand the fear of the Lord, we'll start asking questions like, is what I'm doing honoring God? Will this draw me closer to God or will this lead me further from God? It will make us answer questions, ask questions like, will others that see me be encouraged in the Lord or will they be offended? It will make us ask questions like, how will unbelievers see me. So when we understand the fear of the Lord, it acts like a sieve, a filter. And that fear is so crucial to have as it is what gives us wisdom. It is what pleases God as the verses we just mentioned about wisdom. 
Therefore, all the blessings which come from God, God, who has done all of this, doesn't he deserve our highest praise? That's what Joshua is coming to. Joshua is coming to is that look at what God has done so far. Doesn't he deserve our fear? And it's, it's very right. He deserves our highest form of reverence. And this ought to help us consider this next step. The second step is serving with sincerity and truth. So, take a look at verse number 14. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. So the Israelites up to this point have gone through nearly 60 years, right? They've come through 60 years of instruction. They've gotten the whole schooling from God for 60 whole years. They learned the sacrificial system. They learned about all the laws that they had to keep, the religion and the spirituality, the spirituality that indwelt everything in an Israelite performed in their day-to-day tasks. The, everything they did, God had something to say about. They had things like how to wash your hands. They had things about what you should eat, how you should eat. They had things like what you should drink, how you should drink it, etc., etc. Everything was told to them by God. But, you see, it's very easy to get into a a monotonous type of lifestyle. To lose focus on what mattered. Perhaps the greatest law of all was the one that every Israelite, on a day-to-day basis, had to repeat to themselves. They had to recite it. And perhaps you already know it. Let's take a look quickly. Deuteronomy 6, verse chap- uh, chapter number 6 and verse 4 to 5. So just the book over to the left. Keep your finger in Joshua, by the way. <clears throat> every Jew needs to know how to recite this verse every day, every morning when they begin. So, chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And here it is. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. You see, every Hebrew, every Israelite, had to learn this verse. And they had to be able to recite it, and they had to be able to live it. So, this term... Verse 14, take a look at it. Serve him in sincerity. The word sincerity is a very important word. It means to serve with your whole heart, with everything you got. This came later on in the future of the Israelites. It came to bite them in the back. Because if you know the Jews, later on in the New Testament... They took this so far, and then you had these men, or these people called the Pharisees. And in Matthew 15, verse 7 to 9, Jesus said this to them, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, 
but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Their heart was not there. They were just reciting things. They were just doing things because it was routine, because it was just what you did. So they did certain things for the Lord, but their hearts were not really into their action. It was routine. It was for selfish motives sometimes. And it was sometimes to just look good in front of their fellow neighbors. But the meaning of their actions was completely lost. The other part of the service to God, look at verse number 14. It says, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. The other part of the service to God is truth. Meaning, according to how God would have him worship us. Worship him. Not everyone in Israel could approach God. There was a specific way to do it. Not everyone could do certain ministries back then. There were specific people to do it. Everyone had their part to play, and everyone was called to serve God. But God had still had specific directions on how things were to be done. There's, in fact, a whole book dedicated to that. Leviticus. Leviticus, the Levites, everything for them. So, sooner or later, the Israelites, as you know, as the story moves on into the New Testament, Israelites eventually forgot. They got into a routine. They forgot why they were serving God. They started to forget why they were keeping the laws. They forgot the reason for why they were doing the commandments. Joshua's words here, he words things in an interesting way because look at it, the next part of the, that verse. Serve him in sincerity and in truth, and then, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. You know, it makes you wonder why did he have to go so specifically? the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Why didn't Joshua just say, stop serving idols? Now, it makes you wonder, but I believe it's because it's a warning because it's a warning to not fall into the same trap as those who have come before us. Humans, if you may have not, may, maybe you don't know this by now, but maybe you do, humans are creatures of habit. We like our habits. We are very good with our habits. And you can tell here that Joshua is charging the Israelites to understand, don't go back to your old habits. Don't go back to your old habits and to be sincere and true with your new habits. It is a good thing to be uncomfortable when serving God. Let me repeat that. It is a good thing to be uncomfortable when you're serving God because that is a healthy fear. If we can do it by our own might, with our own skills, then there's a possibility that we're starting to get 
too comfortable. I was overhearing this story uh, from someone. It was a veteran gym goer, and he was talking to a newbie. This veteran gym goer, he was telling the newbie how to work out. And he was giving him his lesson. And the veteran was saying to the newbie, remember that when you're doing your reps, that by the time you get to the end of the set, if it is just as easy as it was when you first started, then that means that you're not doing the workout right. It's pretty good. If you're getting too comfortable in the place you are, maybe it's possible that it start to, you're starting to get too comfortable and start, it's time to move on, move forward. Don't get too comfortable. When people get used to something, they will start to forget the whole reason why they were serving in the first place. Eventually, they'll forget about the fear of the Lord. Now, if you fast forward, even in the book of Joshua itself, look at verse number 31. Look at verse 31. 24, verse 31. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. You know what takes place after this? The book of Judges. And the amount of evil and the amount of sin that takes place in the book of Judges is enormous. They only served as long as Joshua was around and as long as those elders that were with Joshua were around. They got so comfortable that they started to forget. And it's a sad thing because eventually, as generation and after generation comes and goes, if it's, and if it's routine sets, if routine sets in, people will forget the reason for why rules are rules. And later, people will rely on their own knowledge, their own wisdom, instead of having a godly fear. So that's the second step. Sincerity and in truth. So, the home. That's the third part. Now look at verse number 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now we come to the part. The part. Right? Joshua flips the script and he starts on what, uh, what we've always been waiting for. He began with the fear of the Lord and he, uh, he continues on and he says to have sincerity and truth when it comes to service and to let go of the gods of our fathers, the old habits that we may have had. And now he proposes, if it seem evil unto you, <clears throat> if it seem evil unto you, why would it seem evil to serve the Lord? 
If it seems evil to serve God, means if what Joshua was saying was troublesome, the word evil in this case is troublesome, does it feel uncomfortable, too troublesome, inconvenient? If perhaps what was being preached was inconvenient or perhaps unreasonable, then Joshua proposes the choice. It's almost like God himself is humbling himself down to our level now. Jesus Christ, the one who created everything in our universe, were to come down and ask us, if I may trouble you just a little bit, do you mind serving me just a little? If Jesus Christ were to come to us and ask us, could I trouble you just a little bit? Would you mind taking a little bit of time to do me a favor? Would you mind serving me? The God of the universe, the master of the universe, came down as if. Honestly, it seems like a pitiful request of the tiniest because it almost seems rhetorical, isn't it? Of course. God is asking me to serve him. Of course I will give. Yes, yes. You know, uh, back in elementary school, uh, we would be in the playground, right? We'd have 15 minutes and then uh, school, uh, more classes, and then more 15 minutes of recess and such. Uh, amongst the guys, we would have, uh, you know, we would have team games, right? And then there would be these two guys, they're really good at a certain sport. Usually it was basketball. The two best basketball players would start playing basketball. This is elementary school, right? In the recesses. And then they would uh, say, all right, we've got to make teams. And you have one side here and you have the other side there. One, the, one of the best players there and the other best player there. And then everyone else had to stand, uh, stand in the line, right? And then we had to be chosen. It's like, yeah, you're with me. And then the other guy goes, yeah, you're with me. And it's like, what an honor it was when you were like second pick. You know, if you were first pick, second pick, third pick, right? But then you see, it's like, oh man, he chose me. I'm going to do my best because that guy's good. And I want to make sure that we win. See, the thing is, the Jew who'd been saved from Egypt out from a life of slavery... Here they were, with God asking them, serve me, serve me, in sincerity and truth, serve me. And the Jew at this point, of course, of course I'll serve you. It's a rhetorical question, of course I will serve you. Someone who had been saved by God from the kingdom of sin into a new life with God, of course they ought to choose, yes, Choose to serve God. I will serve God. If Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, who knew no sin, died for sin, for a sin that, that we owed, he took upon himself our punishment that we deserved, what could we possibly hold back? Right? Of course we would serve him. We owe everything to him. So we ought to jump up and say, Lord, what wouldst thou have me do? 
That should be the response. But then, this verse still resonates with us today. Even though it was written thousands of years ago, it still resonates with us today. God is still begging this question from us today, as much as it was begged in Joshua's day. You see, the line has been drawn, and people are choosing sides. There is no middle ground with God. All service that isn't free or voluntary is just deceit or hypocrisy. We're just playing a game. Choose your side. God will not force any person to serve him. This is where the choice of every person comes into play. Just like how being a Christian is not forced onto us, serving Christ is also not forced onto us. Joshua, at the end, also adds an option. Look at it. There are options. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Now, we already looked at the gods of the fathers serve, that the fathers served. But why is he mentioning now, or the gods of the Amorites? If you remember, Joshua, he led a bunch of campaigns against the Amorites, right? The land that they were in right now, Canaan, it, was, it belonged to the Amorites at first. But then they were slaying these giants. They were annihilating them because, uh, through God's power in the Israelites, so the overall picture that Joshua is trying to paint here is this. The idols that your fathers worshipped that just brought you misery and turmoil and made you enslaved to sin while you were in Egypt, which God showcased his mighty power through the plagues and destroyed them. Those gods, and then there's the other gods that these Amorites that we just crushed, there's those gods, or do you want to serve Jehovah God? Jehovah God who is loving and who has saved you and who is showing you joy and peace and goodness and gentleness and meekness, long-suffering and temperance. Joshua divides these two options and he asks the Israelites to choose. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems like a no-brainer. The obvious answer. Which is why Joshua said, look at it in the end of verse 15, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And who wouldn't want that? Right? Who wouldn't want that? With every good choice, though, we have to always keep this in mind. With every good choice comes the difficulties. Every good choice is followed with temptations to stop. Every good choice is followed with the temptation to give up. Every good choice is followed with the temptation by the devil to lead astray, to be led astray. Our flesh is tempted to quit. And sometimes it will feel as if the good choice 
we carry is oftentimes bigger in weight, it seems, than anything else. Like what Pastor Tim preached this morning, FOMO, the fear of missing out, is oftentimes a powerful tool that the devil uses. So, so what if you missed out? And this is where Joshua said, what Joshua said really comes into play. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you call a statement of commitment. A statement of commitment. Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. High calling of God in Christ Jesus. When we get knocked down, it's easy to stay down and to not get back up. But when we know our past and our guilt that we may carry, it's very easy to give up. But let's lay aside and press on. Because oftentimes, that's what a majority would have done. When the troubles come and the temptations run high, may we truly be like Joshua and say, what this world offers, what my flesh wants to do is really to make me quit. I want to quit. But Jesus, you are greater, you are mightier than all these things. Give me power to stand and to press on for you. So I want to conclude. Choose you this day whom you will serve. There is no greater commitment a person can make than to make the choice to live for God. The world will tempt you to lower certain standards in your daily life, to compromise in certain areas, and to relax because of habit. So, I want to ask you, would you commit yourself today to not fall into those traps, but to raise up your standards, raise up those convictions? There's certain convictions perhaps you grew up with. I don't know your past. I don't know your history. But perhaps you grew up with stronger convictions back then. You grew up with them, not knowing why you held on to them in the first place. But perhaps now it's time for you to make new convictions and to realize that there is a choice to be made to serve God in sincerity and in truth with all your heart, the way God wanted you to. We're told in the Bible to abstain from the appearance of evil and to be blameless in anything, in everything. You can allow yourself to come to church every Sunday and be completely unmoved by your ministry and even forget to ask yourself, am I really making a difference in this ministry? Folks, it's time to have a godly fear. God knows our hearts. God knows our hearts and he knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Let's make sure to do it 
with the best of our abilities, if we're in a ministry to do it with the best of our abilities, and perhaps even stretch our abilities, why should we settle to do the least to get by? And perhaps you're a teen here, and you know that the friends you run around with don't have that many godly standards. And you know that they are leading you astray from church, astray from a godly decision that perhaps you made at camp. Then it's time to choose today to commit yourself to God and to stand firm on what God has taught you. If you're a young adult today, you've been given new liberties in your life along with new responsibilities. Mommy and daddy are not there to make sure that you're living the way God would have you to live. So what will you do? Will you choose to sleep on a Sunday? Or choose to sleep in on a Saturday when you know your schedule is open to go flyering or soul winning? Are Wednesdays really out of the way? Could we have taken some precautions and made the right preparations to make it to an evening or a Wednesday service or perhaps Sunday school? As adults, yes, we have responsibilities. But when did our responsibilities become so big that we have no time for God anymore? We could have had family devotions, but that extra sleep sometimes is precious. Yes, but Joshua challenges us, if it seem evil unto you. Evil meaning out of the way, uncomfortable. Perhaps some of you had dropped certain ministries because it seemed to get in the way of your comfort. It's time to commit to it and pick it back up. Perhaps there are others that were uncertain of some ministries because you thought that it would interfere with your schedule. Joshua says, If it seemeth evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. There are two steps, and then home. Fear the Lord. Serve God in sincerity and in truth. Then commit yourself. Let us all commit ourselves like Joshua and truly understand the weight of the words. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.